This episode contains content on food and eating that may be sensitive to some listeners. The Adulting with ADHD podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. Please see a medical professional if you think you have ADHD or have ADHD and need additional assistance. For podcast archives, please visit patreon.com slash adultingwithadhd. This is the Adulting with ADHD podcast, self-empowerment for people with ADHD. Today, I am very excited to have with us Katie from the Women in ADHD podcast. Katie Weber, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be here. I am too. Thank you so much for being here. I guess before we really get into it, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, like you said, I host the Women in ADHD podcast, which I started soon after I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45. And it was kind of right after the lockdown and the pandemic. And I had a little bit of an implosion, (laughs) I like to say. And, you know, my therapist had been gently suggesting to me, my therapist who has ADHD had gently been suggesting to me that I look into it over the years. And, and I was sort of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not hyperactive. <laughs> I didn't really understand it. And then I think when, and I even took a self-test online that was sort of a general ADHD self-test mm-hmm. and I did okay. I mean, there were some things I related to, but I wasn't like, I don't know. I was sort of like, I don't know. Meh, it's just, I didn't know what to do with that information, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> and then during lockdown with my kids at home and my my husband at home and I sort of you know decided that this was going to be a great time to like start a new business and I was complaining to my therapist about how like I just couldn't do anything I couldn't focus because I felt like every time I tried to sit down on my computer my kids were bursting out of their bedrooms oh my god the wi-fi is out or ah, I'm not on zoom or you know it was all of this stuff I just felt like I was in waiting mode all the time Oh, so, I hate that. Yeah. Right? Yes. So she was like, you really need to look into it. And then I started <laughs> looking into ADHD in women and how mm. very different it manifests and how it really it's, you know, when I took the Sari Solden online self-test, that's when it hit like hard where I was like, oh, okay, this really makes sense. This has a lot less to do with hyperactivity and a lot more to do with like shame around how I keep my house and that feeling of like, everybody thinks I have it all together. And I just feel like a total shit show behind the, behind the scenes. And and like really relating to that kind of emotional shame element. And that's when it just like, you know, I got the diagnosis and it just sort of snowballed from there where I was like, this is a really, really profound experience. (laughs) This is life changing. Totally. Am I the only woman who's going through this right now? And so, you know, the first thing I did was I typed women, eight, ADHD into the podcast, my podcast platform. When I was diagnosed, I found Tracy Atsuka's podcast and listened nice. to like, I listened to like 75, I found yours too, but yeah. I was, you know, just like hyper-focusing and listening to everything. And, yeah. and I wanted to talk to other women about their experience with diagnosis in adulthood. And I wanted, you know, and I thought, well, podcast seems like a great platform to reach out to people and yeah. talk to them. <laughs> totally. And so I called it women in ADHD because I figured it would be easy to find. Yeah. And and that was almost two years ago. And um, yeah, it's been quite, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. And congratulations on your 100th episode. That's a huge milestone. 
Yeah, um, yes. Thank you. That's very exciting. Well, let's get into it. Today's topic is ADHD and binge eating, a topic close to my heart. So let's let's just jump right into it. This is something a lot of people with ADHD struggle with. Let's talk about what binge eating actually is and how you were first able to connect that to your ADHD. Yeah. So I was a chronic dieter for most of my life. I went on my first diet at the age of 14. I went on slim fast with my mom. That was my first. (laughs) Right. You always remember your first. Yep. And it was really, you know, and I, at 14 is that time where it was like, all of a sudden I was growing breasts and curves. And I think it's, you know, a very typical time for women to start kind of railing against their changing bodies and, oh my God, what am I going to do? And and wanting to kind of be smaller. Right. And and so it was sort of a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and doing really well on a diet and losing all this weight and getting all these compliments from everybody around me and all of this validation. And then the diet would stop working or I would, you know, quote unquote, fail, the the weight would come back and the the comments would stop. Right. And it would be like, oh, just that constant validate, you know, that constant re whatever, what's the word I'm looking for? There's that loop. It's like a positive feedback loop of like, right. Yeah. And just realizing how, you know, everything's going great when you're losing weight and everything's going terrible when it's coming inevitably coming back with more. So that was my life and my cycle for most of my adulthood, you know, going into adulthood. And and then I joined Weight Watchers after my second son was born. And I, it was one of, it was the first time I like paid for a dieting program. I was, I was all in, right. I loved the idea of like counting points and weigh-ins and accountability (laughs) and meetings. And oh my God, it was perfect. And I did, you know, I lost a ton of weight and I was so happy. This was so, you know, wonderful that I became a leader because I thought if I become a leader, I'll keep the weight off. Right. And I wanted to help. Well, and I I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh my God. So great. I want to become a leader. And then every week I would get up there and I would talk and I was sort of discovered this like public speaking element to myself that I hadn't really tapped into before. Yeah. Where I would like get up and give out my Bravo stars and, and, you know, and I remember (laughs) that. Right. I'm a chronic former Weight Watcher. <laughs> right. So, yeah. well, so what I noticed when I was a leader was not all, two things. I noticed that the weight was coming back and I was hiding it and I was secretly developing a pretty severe binge eating disorder mm. and was hiding it from everybody. I obviously wasn't talking about it in my meetings. And yeah. I also kind of had that conversation a lot with rec- people who would come back over and over and over. Yeah. Members who would come back and they would say things like, wait, Watchers is the only program that's ever worked for me. And I'd be like, this is your sixth time here. I don't think it's working. Right. (laughs) And so I was sort of noticing that. And, but at the same time was really nervous about this binge eating. It was, it was getting out of control. The weight was coming back. I was spiraling and I was worried I was going to get fired. And, and so I started looking into like, how can I beat binge eating. You know, I need to nip this in the bud. I need to stop with the binge eating. How can I get rid of this? And I remember finding a podcast called beating binge eating. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) This is it. Like, okay, teach me your ways. And the, the podcast was really about like breaking down what is binge eating. And, And the thing that I found so revolutionary to me was that binge eating isn't like 
a problem. Binge eating is a symptom Mm -hmm. of a deeper problem, which, and that deeper problem is chronic restriction. And that was just like the light bulb moment for me where I was like, why hadn't anybody ever talked about that? Like, obviously Weight Watchers isn't going to talk about this, but it was this moment of like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense (laughs) that binge eating is actually a reaction to the chronic restriction of dieting and the chronic restriction, chronic restrictions in general, right? And that was another thing where I was like, not only is it the chronic restriction of food restriction, like literal restriction of food, but also a lot of the restrictions that we just have in our life around body and, and the desire to be smaller and how our idea, our definition of health is intrinsically linked with weight. And that is incredibly problematic. And so this was all long before my ADHD diagnosis. I became a binge eating recovery coach, left Weight Watchers, uh, (laughs) and often wanted to make a t-shirt that said, you know, I went to Weight Watchers and all I got was this lousy binge eating disorder because... (laughs) I was meeting more and more people who were like, sort of, you know, coming out of the closet about this connection And, you know, I read some of those groundbreaking books like Health at Every Size that were really sort of helped me break free from the that dieting paradigm and the binge eating stopped. And that was when it stopped. It was really, you know, but it wasn't like this wonderful, like, ah, moment where I was like, yay, I'm, I'm free of dieting forever. I mean, I'm a woman living in our society. So it's, I think letting go of the desire to lose weight and be smaller is probably like the hardest thing any of us can do in society. And I birthed two babies. Like I still feel like freeing myself from that paradigm is an ongoing journey. I I haven't freed myself, but the act of freeing myself is I think the hardest thing any, any of us can do as women. I don't know if you've ever been put on a waiting list, but therapy is hard to come by these days. If you need therapy and you need someone to talk to, consider BetterHelp. I've been using BetterHelp on and off since the pandemic, and it's honestly been really helpful when I can't reach my normal therapist. To save 10% off your first month, visit betterhelp.com slash ADHD adulting. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ADHD adulting. Gosh, that's such a valuable point. I mean... I think you're right. I think there is no magical moment and it's just, it is probably the hardest thing any of us will ever do. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about how this connects to ADHD. Do you want to talk a little bit about the overlap there? So, yeah, so that, so here I was working in the binge eating recovery and then I get my ADHD diagnosis and I start looking into some of the popular eating issues with women with ADHD or, or even adults with ADHD. And again, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this all makes a lot of sense. And I had no idea how popular it was. And I also found a lot of the articles and messaging around binge eating to be really problematic because a lot mm-hmm. of them are are in that same mindset of like, how can we control overeating, right? And I was let's like, hack oh, right, let's, let's hack, hack your it. overeating. Let's figure mm-hmm. it out and yeah. nip it in the bud. And I'm yep. like, that is so problematic and really yeah. kind of predatory. And then, you know, and then you look at like, Drugs like Vyvanse, which Vyvanse yes. are, you know, where the doctor is like, and an added benefit is that it's an appetite stimulant. So we like to recommend it for binge eating. And I'm like, that makes literally no sense. Why on earth would a binge eating medication be an appetite suppressant? Because that's just encouraging 
binge eating behaviors at the end of the day. Hey, like I was like, if that, do yeah. you realize that makes no sense? If somebody out there can explain to me how this makes sense, I would appreciate it. Cause that still boggles my mind. Why, but, you know, but, but still that messaging even around medication and stimulants yes. is like, Hey, and there's this added benefit that it'll help you lose weight. You're like, that's messed up. It is messed uh, up. It's totally messed uh, up. But in terms of like why people with ADHD struggle with binge eating, I think it can come down to a lot of things. One of the things I think Becca King, the ADHD nutritionist online, she she talks, she's great. She talks a lot about intentional restriction and unintentional restriction. And, and that's something I really like in terms of like, there's the intentional restriction, which we talked about, which is like, you know, calorie counting, you know, trying to basically thinking about our health in terms of like, wouldn't it be great if I lost weight, you know, cause that's how my, the quickest, easiest way to help. And then you put in ADHD, you put in the impulsivity, the uh, impatience. How can I lose weight as fast as possible? I know if this diet tells me to eat 1200 calories, I'll eat 600 calories and then yeah. I'll lose weight twice as fast, right? Like we have that right. tendency to want to like be as efficient as possible. And when it comes to weight loss and nutrition, that can be really dangerous because then you get into like severe, you know, you get into really disordered behaviors really quickly. We're not great with balance, you know, <laughs> you know, we're not great with doing things in a sort of small, healthy way We're we're sort of like, I'm going to take everything to the extreme. So that made a lot of sense to me. And just the appeal of diets in general made a lot of sense to me, because I think mm-hmm. when you have a generally sort of chaotic feeling in your life, it's really appealing to have a diet come in and say, here's what you eat. Here's how much let's keep track. There's so many metrics, right? Let's keep track. Let's weigh ourselves. And you're externalizing a lot of that accountability to a diet. It's really appealing to have that sudden intense structure and order that diets can bring, especially programs like Weight Watchers or Noom or any of these new ones that are sort of like, you know, we're not a diet, but we're going to, we're going to weigh you all the time and be, and congratulate you every time you lose weight and all of that stuff. That's really reinforces disordered behaviors. But as somebody with ADHD, it makes total sense why that's appealing because you sort of feel lost a lot of the time when it comes to nutrition and eating. And we really like rules. Yeah. The the control is soothing, but also the the success is like a dopamine boost, right? Like, oh, I lost a pound this week. Woohoo. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What a rush. (laughs) That's a hard rush to break away from. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, you know, I think, I think food is stimulating too. So so binge eating is a form of self-care. It's a form of comfort. And that gets back to this idea of like, why are we having an overwhelming desire to comfort ourselves and to stimulate with food? That's the result of restriction. So now I have to look at my life and think, okay, where am I restricting myself? It might be intentional restriction, like withholding food, but it might be unintentional restriction, which then gets into the ideas of body image, right? And and body dysmorphia and feeling like we're, you know, our self-worth is often in the toilet by the time we get to be adulthood, uh, you know, if we were undiagnosed, because so, you know, we spend our lives having a lot of self-doubt. We spend our lives feeling like we don't really know what's best for us because those are the messages we're given in childhood. So a lot of that kind of adds to really feeling unhappy. And then we buy into this message that if we lose weight, we will be happier. And then when we get to that point where we've lost the weight and we find that we're not happier, then we're like, well, maybe I need to lose more weight. You know, then that's when you start to get into those extreme disordered behaviors. So again, like, I feel like 
restriction can be a really, it can be a wide reaching. It's not just the literal food restriction. There's a lot of restriction involved in, in masking and sort of operating in society as somebody who is just generally unsure of ourselves, right. And, and looking for kind of happiness and answers outside of ourselves. Totally. So many, so many things I'm thinking about (laughs) as you're talking, it just brings up so much. Yeah. So let's, let's see, we covered what binge eating is and how it overlaps with ADHD and why it's so common for ADHD women. So how do we break free from this? You talked a little bit about that. Let's, let's get into it. Well, like I said, it's really hard to just be like, I'm going to stop binge eating. Yeah. (laughs) Let's nip it. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hack it. Yeah. And I think it's even harder to suddenly decide, I'm not going to think about my weight anymore. I'm just going to be the weight I am and everything's going to be fine because we live in a society that is incredibly fat phobic, incredibly judgmental when it comes to, you know, our behaviors around our size too, right? So it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's those ideas of like, you know, feeling like if we're eating salad, we're being quote unquote good. And if oh, we're eating I, yeah. burgers, we're being bad, right? And so we yeah. we, atti- we have labels around food and behaviors that can be really problematic. So I think the two things that I would say really are the most helpful steps when it comes to like breaking free of binge eating is realizing that it's a, it's a reaction to restriction. So the first thing is to stop restricting food. I mean, really just eat food. <laughs> yeah, the, eating food totally. throughout the day, as simple as that sounds, is going to stop the binge eating. And it's going to stop feeling like you are out of control. The more you are trying to control yourself and control your food, the more out of control you're going to feel in those moments. And that's the other thing about binge eating. Binge eating isn't really about how much food you're eating. It's the feeling of the lack of control you feel around the food, which is that idea that like, oh, I should be stopping now. And I can't, I literally cannot stop myself from going back and getting more. And like that out of control feeling is the binge eating. It's not the, um, there's no amount that suddenly becomes binge eating. It's really the out of control feeling. And so I think realizing the connection between like needing to to rest control in in other areas of your life is leading to this self-soothing behavior that is, is railing against the control. And so kind of making that connection, I think is important and appreciating the fact that we are care enough about ourselves to self-soothe, I think is really important. I think, especially when I talk to patients, when I talk to clients whose children are binge eating, you know, and they're really worried about these, setting up these terrible behaviors in early life, I'm like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. Like, first of all, your child is self-soothing and how wonderful is it that they have found intuitively a way to care for themselves, right? Like that is something to celebrate that they have these, you know, that they've got that in their toolbox, right? So I think just acknowledge the fact that that's what's happening here, that it's not this terrible behavior, that it really is taking care of yourself and your body's way of saying, you know, sending messages to you. That's like, you know, we need to, we need to stop kind of desperately trying to control something that probably doesn't need to be controlled. The other thing I think is really important that we talked about a little bit, which is like, how can I redefine health outside of a weight centric modality? And, and I think the easiest thing that I have done for myself 
easy. Yeah, that's a, such a loaded word. But like, <laughs> I think the thing that ha- works for me is really just coming down to individual decisions, which is like, why am I doing this? Am mm-hmm. I exercising because I think that maybe it'll lose weight? Or am I exercising because of all the other benefits? It helps me not stay as tired and it helps me focus more. And, you know, all the, the long list of things that are beneficial about exercise. But at the end of the day, am I doing this like, because I think it's going to help me lose weight? Am I doing this because I'm punishing myself because I had an extra big piece of cake last night? You know, mm-hmm. and why am I doing these behaviors? And is it about my health or is it about my size? Is this an issue of health or is this an issue of control? And those are those sort of, you know, moments you can have with yourself where it really comes down to the the why. And, you know, with ADHD, we really, we have to like have a really intense relationship with the why behind all of our behaviors. So that's a question I think could be really helpful to ask in terms of, you know, what's, you know, what's motivating me in terms of these factors. Because weight is, you know, weight loss for a lot of women is a number one motivator in, in a lot of our health behaviors. And I think yeah. it's time we need to like untangle that and society needs to untangle that. It's not just on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the other thing is just to remember that like health part of a huge part of health is mental health. So is this behavior at the expense of my mental health <laughs> is another thing too, is that, you know, the realizing that a lot of sort of quote unquote healthy behaviors end up being really destructive and to our mental health. So remembering that health is not just about the metrics that you get at the doctor's office, which is stepping on the scale and blood pressure and all of that, that there's so there's a lot more to our holistic overall whole body health than just the numbers. Absolutely. Well, Katie, thank you for distilling this for us in such a great way. I think this is really going to impact our listeners in a in a huge way. So thank you so much for sharing oh, your my knowledge with us. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think, you know, it is so common and I think it is also, but also such a, a private issue for so many mm. of us. So I think it is so important to really talk out loud about some of our shared experiences. That's how we, that's how we heal ourselves and it's how we heal each other. It's a very nice symbiotic relationship there. Yeah, totally, totally. So where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? How can we keep up with you and all all the things? (laughs) Well, the best place to start would be my website, which is womenandadhd.com. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I started the podcast, I started meeting all of these amazing, interesting, brilliant women, and I wanted them all to meet each other because I was realizing how conversation and realizing that we're not alone and finding each other is such a huge part of ADH of treating our ADHD, so to speak. And, and so that's when I created the ADHD community, the women in ADHD community, which has been a really nice place off of Facebook to, uh, you know, come and share resources and ask questions and, and just vent. So you can also join that through the community. Or sorry, uh, through the womenofadhd.com website, you can mm-hmm. find my podcast, which is called Women in ADHD, and also work work with me one-on-one in terms of coaching or group coaching. I do that ongoing. So, Excellent, Katie. Thank you so much.